0: So, I've talked many times on this podcast about CRT, the curriculum choices of school boards, and woke. Books found in libraries across the entire nation. Many of you have asked about alternative library choices, and if you've never heard of the Tuttle Twins, you are in for a treat. The current political and economic climate is coming to a critical tipping point, and socialism's popularity is on the rise. And so, educating our kids about freedom is more important today than it's ever been. For more information about the Tuttle Twins and to take advantage of special discounted offers, go to heidistjohn.com forward slash Tuttle Twins. Hey everybody, this is Heidi St. John. I'm glad you guys are here. Today is Thursday, February the 17th. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about freedom and personal responsibility. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, I'm glad you guys are here today. There are lots and lots of things for us to talk about. First thing I want you guys to remember as I continue talking about uh, kind of picking up where we left off yesterday in uh, the book of Nehemiah is that Nehemiah looked around, he asked God, he, he saw something, it broke his heart, and then he began to say, Lord, what would you have me do? And so this is all about personal responsibility. It's about accountability. It's about uh, listening to the Lord and not just sitting back and letting other people do something for you. It's about actually getting involved in doing it yourself. This is the theme and has been for a long time of off the bench. And I hope you guys are encouraged by what you're hearing here at the podcast. I read an article and I'll link back to it in the show notes today, called Never Forget How the Dems Exploited Fear at the Expense of Our Children. Recently, we've seen blue states finally start lifting COVID restrictions from schools. Last week, Governor John Carney from Delaware announced that school mask mandates would be rescinded on March 31st. Actually, let's just have a moment of silence for the stupidity of all this, shall we? Ridiculous. Somehow the COVID restrictions are going to go away on the 31st of March for a lot of people, including people in Oregon who have been under a tyranny now for two solid years. And suddenly, magically, uh, miraculously, COVID's going to go away and everything's going to be fine on the 31st of March. These people have lied to you. Never, ever forget it. Never forget that we cannot take these people at their word, never forget what they did in finding a, a little... Uh, a loophole in these emergency powers and exploiting the spirit of fear. I've been saying this for a long time. I'm gonna keep saying it. God did not give us a spirit of fear. This thing has fear all over it, which is why we've known for a long time something was terribly wrong. But anyway, Ned Lamont, the governor of Connecticut, announced that the school's mask mandate would end on February 28th. So even closer for those guys, that's practically uh, next week. New York Governor Kathy Hochul? what's that's your name i can't i don't know how to say that also announced that new york's school mask mandate would be would be assessed after winter break and could be lifted in early march so these people are crazy and their tyrannical dictates make no sense and unless and until we start saying no we're not gonna let you do this anymore i promise you this will happen again uh, the article goes on to say, "I keep thinking that the viral about the viral video of an elementary school kids in Nevada cheering at the news that they would no longer be required to have masks. Which, by the way, I don't watch the Super Bowl. To me, NFL stands for No Fans Left, and so I didn't watch the Super Bowl. But I did see pictures of celebrities from Ellen DeGeneres to the mayor of Los Angeles. Uh, everybody's out there without a mask, and yet your little two year old has to wear a mask to get on an airplane. Are, are we?" Are you guys frustrated by this yet? Right? The double standard, the hypocrisy, the arbitrary, well, this will work and that will won't. If you walk into a restaurant, you gotta have a mask on, but as soon as you sit down, the Rona won't get you. It's ridiculous. The whole thing is ridiculous. And we back to the school kids in Nevada. It was a happy moment for sure. And I look forward to New York following suit, hopefully soon. Still in our happiness at returning to normal, we can never forget that for the majority of the pandemic, Democrats have led the fear campaign, insisting that we had to shut down mask up and not question the science. And that really is the issue. It's this unwillingness to let there be any kind of a question, any kind of pushback to the narrative. This is why you see Dr. Robert Malone and Peter McCulloch being censored off of the internet. They don't want you to question the narrative. Anytime someone says, well, it's science, the whole point of science is that you question things. The whole point of science is you guys say, well, you know, this is working, this is not. And they're saying, well, the science has changed. But they're also saying that with abortion, right? Well, the science is changing. Okay, I don't believe these people uh, for anything. So uh, amazing that we're still, that we're actually still here. Red states with fewer restrictions were attacked for blame and blamed for any spike in cases. But now it looks like the left is looking to rewrite the script. And this is what I'm going to hang my hat on today because we cannot let them do that. Uh, They want to claim that the science has changed. And so now it's safe for kids to ditch the masks in school. Uh, And as happy as we are that schools will soon be returning to normal, we should never forget that they never had to be shut down in the first place. They didn't have to mandate masks for kids or put up pointless barriers or, in some cases, force kids to eat outside in frigid temperatures. And we must also never forget that the Biden administration tightened mask guidance for schools because it caved into pressure from a prominent teachers union. It wasn't science that dictated that guidance. It was the teacher's unions. The guidance never made any sense. Dr. Fauci, as you know, I like to call him Father Fauci, the high priest of the Branch Covidians, acknowledged early on in the pandemic that masks don't keep out a virus, right? This is proven medical knowledge that masks don't work against viruses. A CDC study confirmed it when it found no difference in infection rates between schools with and without mask mandates. So they don't appear to protect kids from COVID and in many cases they cause other problems such as speech and language delays. Meanwhile, kids are exposed to an alarming number of other dangerous pathogens that collect on the masks. So why was this necessary? What was the purpose of the school mask mandate in the first place? Uh, why do, do we have them uh, mask up to protect from the flu? No, of course not. This is deeper than that. It's not like we didn't know that kids are overwhelmingly safe from COVID and are not super spreaders. Heck, Father Fauci admitted this in November of 2020, and it was confirmed by studies in Switzerland and Iceland in the same year. A study from Germany also found that children could act as a brake on infection, but because of a bunch of terrified teachers, the science was ignored and fear ruled the day. Last week, I was in a school in eastern or in Western Washington State, and, and uh, I met a young girl who said that she's afraid. She feels insecure without the mask, and she doesn't know how long it's going to take her to feel like she can go somewhere without the mask on her face anymore. I had another student tell me that they had had a parent commit suicide in the pandemic, but because, the, uh, the, because of COVID, they couldn't get the help that they needed. This is wrong. We can never let this happen to us again. Uh, This is the same fear that prompted countless parents to vaccinate their kids from COVID, even though we know it was completely unnecessary if their child was otherwise healthy. And in fact, a study from the UK has found that unvaccinated children are safer from COVID than even vaccinated adults of any age. This is the actual science. These are the actual actual statistics. And while you guys, you know, were writing into me and we're we're continuing obviously to talk about COVID because this is this is where we are in the culture right now. It's important to remember that we can't let this conversation die. You can't let up on what you know to be true and what's happening in the culture right now and what's happening in your government, which is why I'm encouraging you to take personal responsibility. This is one of the reasons I love the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah could have looked around and he could have said, you know what, you know, I got a great job. I got this cushy job as the cupbearer of the king, albeit a dangerous one. (laughs) You know, you could argue that he had, you know, sort of a cushy job. Uh, But he decided that what was happening in his home, the, the, the the city of his ancestors was enough to make him go to the king to risk his life even and his reputation and ask the king for help. And the Bible records that God did it. And so God protected him. God gave him favor with the king. God gave him safe passage. And now he's beginning the the work of rebuilding. But what happens? Let's look at Nehemiah chapter two, verse 19 for a moment. When Sambalot the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite, Uh, official and Geshem, the Arab heard about it. They mocked and ridiculed us. Hmm. Have you guys been mocked and ridiculed for questioning the narrative? Have you been mocked and ridiculed for saying, no, I'm not going to wear that mask or I'm not going to get an experimental vaccine? Have you been mocked and ridiculed? Apparently this is not new. And so look at Nehemiah's answer. So, so these men who, who do not care, and in fact they're they're standing against Nehemiah who is concerned with the welfare of the children of God, the children of Israel, and these guys are horrified by this. And they don't want the welfare of the people considered. They want to just keep their rules in place. They want to be sure that these guys are undefended, that their gates are not uh, that their gates are not rebuilt. And so they mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you are doing?" they asked. "Are you rebelling against the king? Do you want to start supporting companies whose products are made right here in the United States?" Me too. And at the top of my list is MyPillow. I recently learned that MyPillow is so much more than pillows. And in fact, Jay and I decided to try out the MyPillow mattress and we love it. You guys, check it out because with my special promo code, you can get up to 66% off all MyPillow products. Go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-447-0541 and use promo code Heidi to take advantage of Mike Lindell's special offer for the Heidi St. John podcast listeners. That's MyPillow.com, promo code Heidi, or call 1-800-447-0541. Hmm, man, this could have been written in 2020, in 2021, in 20, what is this you're doing? You rebelling against the CDC? Are you rebelling against uh, the, the mandates of your tyrannical governor? Are you rebelling against this? Listen to Nehemiah's answer. I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you will have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. Now, listen, this is important. I talked to a local uh, lawmaker here recently who decided to... I don't I don't even know the right word for it. There was a, a county council meeting and these, these two Republicans, these two conservatives who were on the county council decided that they would not vote to keep my area free from discrimination. And I called one of them up on the phone and I said, listen, when this is over, the only people that are gonna be left standing are the people that stood for freedom the whole time. The people that stood for freedom Uh, by putting their reputations at risk, the people that stood for freedom getting yelled at, and in my case, spit on and chased at in grocery stores. We knew this was wrong. We stood for freedom. We stand for freedom. And I said, you will have no place in government when this is over because the people that, that will be desired to be in the positions of authority are gonna be people that stand for freedom. And really that's what Nehemiah is saying. So let's go on to chapter three and, and, and let's look at that for just a moment. So the high priest and his fellow priests went to work and they rebuilt the sheep gate. They dedicated it and they set the doors in place, building as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated, and as far as the Tower of Hanal. The men of Jericho built the adjoining section and Zikur, the son of Emiri, built it next to them. Now it's gonna go on, this whole chapter is gonna talk about the fish gate and who rebuilt the fish gate and who rebuilt the dung gate and how how these people worked together and what God did to encourage them in the process. But my point is everyone did something. Everyone had a part to play. Nehemiah was a good leader because he saw that and he helped them find their place and he put them to work he said we've got to get to uh, rebuilding the wall now now the people are working in harmony now they have a a, a mission that they're that they're going to be steadfastly committed to and what do you think is going to happen next there's going to be opposition let's look at chapter 4 when sambalot heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews. Notice this is the theme over and over and over again. When Jesus was uh, doing his ministry, particularly, uh, this is pointing at the end of his life, when they put a crown of thorns on him and a robe on him, Jesus, King of the Jews, what did they do? They ridiculed him. This is a tactic of the enemy. So they ridiculed the Jews. And in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, who are these feeble Jews? What are they doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubbles burned as they are? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side said, what are they building? Even a fox climbing up on it would break down their wall of stones. Oh my goodness, look what happens in verse four. Hear us, oh God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in the land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. So we rebuilt the wall until all of it reached half its height for the people worked with all their heart. I love this because, and, and we'll continue this on uh, next week, but the point is that Nehemiah is doing what God called him to do. Nehemiah is saying to the uh, to the Jews, we're gonna work at this with all of our might and we are gonna be attacked. And in fact, they were, they were attacked, they were ridiculed, and it's actually gonna get worse for them. And you're going to see the wisdom of Nehemiah as the Bible uh, tells the story in spectacular fashion. And I got to thinking about the personal responsibility that we have right now as men and women in the middle of this, uh, we are in kind of our own Babylonian captivity right now. And the church has walked away from God and we have focused on things that do not matter. And we keep asking for revival, revival, revival. Lord, help us, help us. Revival doesn't come without repentance. And you'll notice that the very first thing that Nehemiah did was call the people to repentance. Repentance. He called them to repentance. He said, listen, Lord, I acknowledge our country, our nation, these people have sinned against you. I have sinned against you. My father's family has sinned against you. He took personal responsibility for the situation that they found themselves in and God gave him favor. God gave Nehemiah favor. God gave him favor to handle his enemies. God gave him favor to stand up before, uh, in front of Sambalot and these uh, officials from these other nations and these warring nations that wanted to see Jerusalem destroyed. And God gave Nehemiah favor. And you're gonna see over the next couple of days, as we revisit this, this verse here at the show, you're gonna see how God moves the people and motivates them to take responsibility, to take personal responsibility. There's an awesome book and I wanna encourage you guys uh, to read it. It's called Freedom's Frame. You guys can uh, see it here if you're watching the video. Freedom's Frame, uh, written by my friend, Rick Green. This is a fantastic book. I hope you guys will pick it up and look for it. But he's basically talking about the foundations for freedom and why it's so important that we understand our right, our, our responsibilities in it. And in chapter eight, it's called A Personal, personal Equation. He starts out by saying this, this is important, and I'm gonna end here today. It's easy to point our fingers at corrupt and immoral politicians and blame liberal judges and groups like the American Civil Liberties Union for pushing forward a godless agenda on our society. We can connect much of the unrighteousness that has taken root in our land today to many of their actions. They've had a negative effect on all of it. However, as citizens, how quick are we to recognize our own responsibility for the road we have taken as a nation? Now, this is exactly what I'm talking about because that's what Nehemiah did. So before he started the work on the wall, he came to the Lord and he took responsibility for where we were at. Freedom does not come without us taking personal responsibility in romans chapter 1 verses 21 and 22 paul wrote although they knew god they did not glorify him as god nor were thankful but became futile in their thoughts and foolish and their foolish hearts were darkened professing to be wise they became fools notice that he said although they knew god and as we attempt to evaluate the reasons why america has lost its moral compass this becomes an important exhortation to christians today It is something we need to seriously, personally consider. Our founding fathers provided a framework of freedom that was based upon the Christian principles they held. And as a result, these men marched a predominantly civilian army into battle against the most formidable world power of the day and won. As we saw previously, these men also portrayed godly leadership and citizenship in the way they conducted their public and personal lives. Their example of duty to God and country was strongly conveyed in all their actions. They knew their God and led their lives accordingly. This sense of personal responsibility to God and country is something that is missing from the Christian community today. And it's easier, I think, for us to blame other people. And and there's a lot of blame to go around for what's happening right now. But I'm gonna encourage you as we head into the weekend, and I'm gonna have a wonderful guest on here tomorrow that will encourage you also. But as we head into the weekend, I wanna encourage you, take some time and come before the Lord. Lord, why is it that I'm here for this time in history? What can I do? And Lord, forgive me for my role in not taking personal responsibility and not standing for the things that I should have stood for when I had the opportunity. We know because we're seeing it happen in the book of Nehemiah right now that it can be reversed. And as we watch what's happening, as people take a stand and people like me who are running for Congress right now, at great risk to myself and to my family and to my business, why? Because it is worth it the sacrifices that we make for freedom, to see good representation in this country, to see godly leadership, to see people stand up who will say, I actually wanna work with the people and not just for them, I wanna work with them. That is the high call and the measure of a godly leader. I hope you guys will continue studying with me in the book of Nehemiah. We'll come back next week. Tomorrow, I'm gonna have a guest on the show and I know you guys are gonna be really encouraged. Rhonda Smith is gonna be with me here tomorrow and we're gonna be talking about taking control of your health. And in a lot of other ways your emotional health your physical health. I think you guys are going to be very very encouraged Thank you so much for tuning in today. You guys it always encourages us as always You can leave reviews for this podcast over at itunes And I would love it if you would leave reviews for my books wherever books are written And please uh, join me at mom strong international right now. We're studying unity and how important it is It's a wonderful study probably one of my favorites and you guys can find out more about that at HeidiStJohn.com and MomStrongInternational.com. Have a great day, everybody, and I will see you back here tomorrow with Rhonda Smith at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at MomStrongInternational.com.